happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter or DM me at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can find me on Twitter as well at Dan Urban MMA. You can also follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. And if you're on Apple or Spotify or anywhere you're listening, please subscribe. And if you like what you're hearing, please give us a five-star review if you're able to do that. And we're going to talk about judging in MMA, so you might as well read the criteria. You can find it at abcboxing.com. Dan, we can jump right into Saturday's action because in the main event, what seemed like it was going to be a completely innocuous, easy decision turned out to be one of the weirdest split decisions that we've seen in quite a while, right? I'm glad you said weird and not worst. Because... No, no, no. I don't think it's actually the worst. And and I don't know what worst would come to mind, but I just thought it was bizarre that we got the scores we did. And I don't think there's any way to sugarcoat the fact that when you have two judges that give 50-45 and then another who gives 48-47 the other way, three rounds off, it's weird. It's definitely weird. Definitely weird. Well, let's, you know, let's let's jump into it. We had obviously Rafael Dos Anjos getting the he get, get the split decision nod over Paul Felder. Paul Felder obviously took this fight on what 5 days notice and we found out after the fight that he hadn't stepped in an MMA gym in 4 months. Yeah. It was like riding a bike for him. <laughs> I mean, he looked pretty good, dude, uh, especially early on. Like he was looking terrific. I Thought he fought a good fight. I didn't think he won, but I thought he fought a good fight. Yeah, no. <laughs> to be clear, I gave all five rounds to Dos Anjos too. But at the same time, you can sit there and say, well, RDA is winning, but Felder looks good. And I, I think he acquitted himself very well. Yeah, he he hurt Dos Anjos a little bit. He cut him over his eye. So, I mean, for what it is, Felder looked It's probably one of the better five-day performances that's in recent memory, yeah, yeah, I would say, <laughs> or maybe in general, yeah, I don't know, uh, especially at this high level, that's for sure. But you know, we'll let's get into it though. We had again, we had one judge who had three rounds different than the other two, and those rounds were rounds two, three, and four. Everybody had round one and five going to RDA, but round two, Chris Lee is the dissenting judge in these rounds. What did you see in round two? Did you see that as a close round? I did. I thought this was a close round. I thought Felder landed really good at distance. It's just RDA landed better. Had a good head kick. Every time he landed, Felder's head was snapping back. But it's it's far from a shutout or far from a blowout to say... No, I would agree with you, yeah. To say RDA... To say someone can't see it for Felder, I think, is wrong. This round, you mean? Yeah, and... I thought it was close, and I really don't fault Chris Lee for going for Felder, even though I didn't. Yeah, I would agree. I even I even said that during the broadcast because you know I I put out my tweets just like to make sure, like like everybody, you know, I, I my my scorecard is important, so I need to share it with the world. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, the world does see it. Uh, the world. I mean, sometimes they do. They they put my round one on on the scorecard on uh, I did. on I the no- broadcast. I but, noticed. I mean, that. everybody knew that that was an RDA round. Um, but yeah, I. I had no problem if you saw this round for Felder. I, I said that at the time it could be 1919, but I did see it for RDA uh, as Sal D'Amato and Derek Cleary did. So, yeah, so far, I have no problem with Chris Lee going this way. Yeah, I think it's totally fine. What about round three, though? Did you see much of an argument for Felder here? I, I saw an, another slight argument for him. I think he's 
landing, and he's landing at a good clip. It's just not he's landing at the same impact that RDA is landing. Everything RDA is throwing is making Felder react in quite the negative way. Yeah, I again, I saw... I think every round you can make a case that Felder was competitive. There was no round where Felder just didn't look like he was in the fight. Like maybe round but five. In, in, yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, which, again, nobody's debating. We're not going to really get into. But round three, I think this is a round that you don't have as much heavy action, I think, happening, right? Because there's a lot of clinching, a lot of going to the ground, but not necessarily getting things done, right? Mm-hmm. And I think this is the case where the the water gets just a little muddy because of that when it comes to the scoring. And I nonetheless saw this actually pretty strongly for RDA. Not not like a major round for him, but I thought it was pretty clear. And I've watched this round three times now. Okay. I made sure to watch it a couple times over because this was the round that of these three, I just didn't see much of an argument for when when we were watching live. So I made sure to watch it again two more times. Okay. Um, you know, and and I just didn't think there was a very strong case for Felder here to get the round, even though it was a closest round. You know, there's close rounds that you can see either way, and then there's close rounds where you feel like you know who won. And I really, in this case, I did think RDA is the person you're supposed to choose to win. I think he had a really good takedown at the end that took a lot of doubt out of it. That was the that big nice that slam. The slam. Yeah, the slam was good. I think when you had something like that, not the grappling, the grappling that that RDA is kind of putting out there or trying to put on his opponent, it's not really leading to effective offense. So, you know, when when they throw up top control or, you know, control and that kind of thing, I know, stats I, that I, we, oh were, we were blaspheming, uh, well, not blaspheming, we were correctly uh, bemoaning in our last show on Friday. When they put that up, I mean, that doesn't mean anything. It's just so because stupid. Nothing is actually being created, right? There's nothing there. And there's nothing... In grappling, that says the guy on the bottom can't be the one in control. I know. It's it's such a silly thing. It's it's just a useless stat, and they keep on pushing it on people like it's something. It's nothing. It's just it's just a measurement of, of nothing. Uh, yeah, but I, I'm with you. I think RDA won this round. I, I do think it was a bit closer than you think, but you watched it more than me, so you got more <laughs> details on it. I only saw it I guess it I time. did. Did you only watch it once? I only watched it one time. Okay, okay. But I you remember know, I, I, I remember didn't quite watching watch it 47 scene. times like Luke Thomas. I didn't quite have that much time in my day. <laughs> watched watched Holloway Volkanovski too 47 times, he says. I don't even think he actually did that. <laughs> That's a lot of times to watch. Right. At some point but you just no, start calling I, out I, I do action. I just I just didn't see much of an argument here. It's not it's not the worst round score you could turn in, but no, I here is if anybody wants to actually get on Chris Lee and and I mean come on do it reasonably we don't have to go crazy at the guy the, the right guy won the fight but if you're going to get on him for a round score i think this is the only round that you'd say okay come on man but at the same time a lot of this fight was taking place right in front of him who knows what he was really saying i don't know who knows what he's seeing and hearing i mean he's gonna get a different perspective than you and i can so it is something to keep in mind but but again i just don't see it yeah, I think that this is probably, of the three rounds, like you mentioned, this is the strongest case for RDA. But the next yeah. round, I think, is by far the strongest round or strongest case for Felder. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think you're totally right. In fact, I feel like I'm almost in the minority uh, in terms of you know non-judges sitting at home watching in thinking that RDA won the round. I felt like a lot of people felt that Felder won this round. Yeah, I, I also scored it for RDA. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I just thought because he was landing heavier, I thought he was more impactful. But he was hanging on Felder a lot. Like a lot of the round was just him hanging on him. Yeah, and and obviously that's not something to score. So he's just hanging. He's throwing those little knees. I don't think they're really that much. And and Felder's and Felder's landing, throwing. So yeah. and he gets a take. Felder ended up getting a takedown towards the end of the round. Not much right? of a scoring yeah. one though. But yeah, I thought RDA landed harder, more effective. I mean, Felder was really giving good reactions every time he got hit. His his head was going straight back like rock'em sock'em robots. <laughs> yeah, I, it's tough. This is a tough round. So I'd almost feel like forty nine forty six is like not not only an acceptable score, but I, honestly, it's a pretty good score. Yeah. Even though I did have fifty to forty five. I had fifty forty five. I think if you go, I mean, if you rounds two and round four, you give to Felder forty eight forty seven RDA. I just think he's the one that has to win this fight. Yeah, I I didn't have a I wouldn't have had a problem. <laughs> Gosh, if if only it was for round three, if we had two fifty forty fives and a forty eight forty seven, I think people would kind of raise their eyebrows a little bit. But I think we'd probably just move on from it. But unfortunately, it was that third round that again I I find less defense for uh, unless you know look if Chris Lee is able to put his put himself out there and say why, then that's a different story because it's hard to it's hard for people at home to learn why a judge might do that when commissions don't want the judges speaking out like this. That's weird. <laughs> you know, and it, but it is what it is. I mean, you know, for all we know, Chris Lee doesn't actually want to do that. He's not on social media. So obviously he's not interested in interacting with people online. And you know what? More power to him. If I didn't have to be on Twitter because I'm someone who works in media, I'd be gone. You wouldn't see me on Twitter anymore. I envy you, Chris Lee, if you're listening. <laughs> But yeah, but yeah it sounds I, like... I just I didn't think this was a great score. But, but honestly, the one thing that I got from speaking with a couple of judges today is that really this is this scenario where you're that far off from your other two judges is like it, it's a judge's worst nightmare. You know, he, nobody wants this. Nobody wants it except Chris Lee, maybe. No, no. What I mean is he doesn't want to be in this situation where he's so far off from his peers because the goal. I mean, these guys. You know that they they talk all the time about rounds and rounds and rounds, and they try to find a middle ground so that everyone can kind of see things as uniformly as possible. You know, the goal is for all the judges to be able to understand the criteria in the same way. I mean, I don't now, know. It's tough because there's always going to be subjectivity. You know, I'm going to see something differently based on where I am, what I hear, see, the I way would... things look, the way I interpret the way the scoring is, but the the judges, they are trying to find that middle ground. You know that. I would be, if I was a judge, I'd be more upset if I was the opposite 30-27. Say the two other judges had 30-27 and I had 30-27 the other way. I think that's would be more of a nightmare for me. Than, I mean, this than isn't this far off. That's still three rounds. Yeah, I, I, it, this one wouldn't bother me as it's much. It's the middle three rounds, actually, too. So it's almost like if you picked up the fight at round two and watched through round four, and you just called that a three-round fight, then yes, well, this here's, is an here's opposite a, fight. He can defend round two and round four. Round three, he might have a little sh- uh, struggle with. So, I mean, it's really only one round that's that all. No, and I I agree. But, but again, it's more about the optics of the scenario rather than the actual way it happened. This is just not what judges want. They don't want to be in a situation where they look that much different than their peers because the goal, again, is to get everybody kind of on the same page as I understand it. Yeah, but they don't have to agree. 
No, they don't have to agree, of course, and and <laughs> they're never going to. You could put any three people on there and give them 10,000 years of training, and they're not going to get on the same page. It's just not going to happen, not entirely. But the goal, again, is to get as close as they can. They work hard. I know how passionate these people are. I know how hard they work. And I mean, seriously, nobody wants this job for the money or the praise or the power power like you have some sort of power over people. <laughs> you know, this is not this is nothing that motivates these judges. They just they love the sport. They want to contribute. Most of the time they do a great job. I don't think Chris Lee did a bad job. I don't di- I don't agree with him in round three, but I don't think he did a bad job. And and to get raked over the coals the way he did on social media with, you know, people throwing all these statistics out there like, oh, yeah, he's been involved in seven uh, or ten split decisions in this se- this year between UFC and Bellator fights. And in seven of them, he was in the minority. Like that doesn't tell you anything because <laughs> he was also the one guy who saw Angela Hill as the winner over Michelle Waterson. He was the hero that night for most most of these people on Twitter. Does Cowboy Cerrone have bad nights? Often. Well, there you go. Nowadays, often. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. have as many good nights anymore. Not everyone has the best night uh, at their job. But you know what? He's got a great success rate. There's a reason he's put in these fights as often as he is. And we're going to see him again. And honestly... I'll trust him the next time. You should too. So we got another fight though. We did We did have another split decision though. And this one, this one was a lot closer on the whole, I think. Yeah, I this think was you a closer could round. definitely make an argument it. for both men to get the win. And this was only a three round fight on the prelims, right? With Tony Gravely, he got the split nod over, is it Ger- Geraldo? Geraldo? Yeah. I don't know how to. Sorry, man. Geraldo, I, I, whatever I forgot, it is. I'm I not sure. How to say your name. He knows what we're talking about. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he's listening. But yeah, round one and round two were split. Yeah, well, actually, we should say, though, not only was this split, everybody had a different scorecard. There was a 30-27 and a 29-28 for Gravely, and then a 29-28 for DeFreitas. So let's get into it. Yeah, yeah. The round one, like you said, how'd you see it? I gave this one to DeFreitas. Okay. As did I, and as did Sal D'Amato, but D'Amato was in the minority in this round. Yeah, I mean... Because Dave Hagen and Mike Bell gave it to Gravely. Freitas came out and landed good punches, strong light kick. And then on the bottom, the man attacked an omoplata and an armbar. That was pretty good. More effective than anything uh, Gravely did in this round, I think. I agree. Uh, I think I think he also had some pretty decent striking. Yeah, he started started great. There wasn't a ton of it, but like it was. I think he already had the edge when it got to the ground. You know, the, it was weird. Gravely's a very strong counter wrestler. He was getting like he was the one getting taken down, but then getting an, ended up on top. You know, man, almost. In I scrambles. think it's actually Gravely too. Yeah, well, no, I'm saying no, everybody's name wrong. No, 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 no. You have your name spelled like this. It's so much cooler to say Gravely. Well, so I agree. That's what we're calling him. I agree. I agree. So Tony Gravely, great wrestler. Tony but... Gravely would be a good mafia name, <laughs> except for it's not Italian. But you know, oh yeah, add an I. Yeah, it didn't change the 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 Y to an I. <laughs> Tony Gravely. <laughs> now, nah, anyway, moving on though. Yeah, I, I again, I think that this was a good. Secure DeFreitas round. Yep. What about round two? Round two, I gave to DeFreitas again. Okay, you were in the min- or you were in the majority this time with D'Amato and Bell. I saw this one for Gravely. Gravely. <laughs> as as did uh, Dave Hagen. So it was just him and I on this one. Yeah, I only thought Gravely had one decent uh, strike when he was on the, the ground. The whole round, just one one, one decent no, strike. No, in the, in the ground and pound that he was on top. 
I think I honestly, I, I weighed the ground and pound pretty well in this one for him. I think that was the main reason why I gave it to him. So I thought he only landed like that one decent elbow. I thought, and I was like, ah, he didn't really do anything else he did. wasn't really all that much effective. I didn't think. Mm-hmm. I thought the Freitas was active off his back, doing much better when he got up. He was landing the better of the striking, and that's why I went. Sure. No, that's I I understand that. Um, I just went the other way. This I think was a much closer round, honestly, than round one. Well, yeah, there was more offense to to judge. I mean, you know, you, you could you could debate that too because obviously we had the uh, the nice submission attempts in round one. Yeah, but I mean, uh, overall there wasn't that much offense. Sure. In that round, uh, granted, I, I'll grant you that. But yeah, I mean, this this honestly, I was a lot closer with that one, so I understand. You can understand kind of how this would create scores that were all over the map here. Again, we had three different scorecards. Yeah, close fights tend to do that. I mean, you basically you ended up seeing the fight because everybody saw the third round for for Gravely. Yeah, though I don't think there was any debate there. I don't remember the exact details on it, but but I mean, either way, no no one was really arguing one way or the other on that one. But as it was, I would have seen the fight for Gravely, and you would have seen it for Defreitas. Yeah, me and Sal. So yeah, so I mean, you know, a split fight. I I think hard to get too worked up over that one, but I can understand why. Either man would get the win there, and uh, you know, sometimes it just comes down to you got to put a little more offense out there. You know, mm-hmm. not, us, it's not le- never leave it in the hands of the judges because that's stupid. But if you're going to fight and it's going to get to the distance, you really want to pour it on a little more when you get to these dominant positions on the ground. The more offense you can dish out, the easier it is to get the round. I mean, it's it's as simple as that, right? Yeah. Stop taking breaks. <laughs> No breaks. Just start smashing. Sleep when you're dead. <laughs> but those were the, the the main course rounds that we really wanted to talk about here. We have a couple of quick lightning rounds in fights that even when the judges disagreed, it really wouldn't have made a difference in the result of the fight. Uh, the first of which being on the main card, Ashley Yoder, who got the unanimous nod over Miranda Granger. Two 29-27s, not 27-26 as it was announced. Like Bruce, well, maybe Bruce just had a bad card. Maybe someone had it. Could have just been score. written down wrong or, or in a strange way. Yeah, I don't want to go crazy on him there. Who knows? Uh, although he still can't pronounce most of the judges' names. Uh, and then one was a 30 <laughs> 26 score. But round one, that was the that was what created the difference in the scorecards here. And it ended up not mattering either way. But how did you see round one? Uh, I thought Yoder won this round. I thought the sub attempt was the most significant offense of the whole fight. I thought neither fighter had good ground and pound. That was all that effective. Yeah, I didn't. I guess I didn't weigh the uh, the submissions as much as maybe you did, and maybe maybe that's my fault. I didn't watch this one three times like I did the other ones. So you know, I, I saw this from Granger, uh, Chris Lee, and Derek Cleary saw it my way. Ron McCarthy was the one who saw this one for Yoder, like you. Uh, I don't have a major problem with it, and again, it didn't end up mattering. I don't, I'm still curious why she didn't switch. Why she switched to an armbar off the triangle? It's kind of weird to me. Cho- Choke, I couldn't tell you, sir. But they did end up in work. that in that uh, unusual position. That was, that was a strange position. <laughs> oh, what are you going to do? Now, what are you going to do? And then, of course, in the other round that we wanted to talk about, a meaningless third round in a, the opening fight of the night between a very large heavyweight in Dontel Mays, who got the nod, 230-27s and 29-28, against Roki Martinez. But Roki Martinez did have a case in round three, right? I thought he had a strong case. I do too. I definitely scored this one for Martinez, and it's kind of a bit puzzling to even see it for Mays. I didn't. I I don't see an argument really. 
Obviously, Rick Winter and Dave Hagen did, though, they did, because it was but... only Junichiro Camillo who gave this round to Martinez, as you and I did. This was the round where Martinez actually did offense. It was landing yeah. strong. He had a guillotine that was actually pretty tight. I mean, even if you take away the guillotine, I think it was pretty clearly just a striking win he, he was for Martinez. Good. I know. I think yeah, I think Martinez should have got this round. You want you want a round to complain about people at home? I think this is the round to complain about. Yeah, I'd be I'd be more more up in arms about this this round, but it's not as high profile, so people aren't going to care. It's as not much. as high profile, and it had zero effect on the outcome. It didn't even come close <laughs> to that, and it was in a fight that probably a lot of people just kind of stopped caring about, yeah, even I, if they're watching. I think to go off track a little bit, I think uh, Roki Martinez should go the Jared Cannonier route and start moving down weight classes. I think he can hit hard and be like a knockout artist. That uh, I mean, bit... this guy is going to have to commit himself to just shedding a lot of completely excess weight. I, I think Jared Cannonier, he was never, I'm trying to be kind, he was he never was as big he was as Roki Martinez was. He, he wasn't, he was pudgy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, he's not one of the um, ideal body type of heavyweights. He's, you know, he's a bad body heavyweight. <laughs> But he comes to fight, so I mean, he actually is. A, Look, he he a does. Fun, You're a, right. One of the more fun heavyweights. I do hope we get to see him again. Although I do wonder if he can really hang. Well, that's what I'm saying. Go down and wait, because I think he could I be good. I could be good. I think he could be good in at a lower weight class. Dan, I don't think it's happening. I don't. I think this is a heavyweight <laughs> fighter. I'm pretty sure he's comfortable with his body, and that's fine. It is fine. If he's but... comfortable with his body. That is fine. I'm just you saying. I think be, he can be great. But... Yeah, I think, it, I mean, what is he, 5'10"? I think he had like an 8-inch uh, height differential to be fair, between well, Dante Mays. That guy is 6'6", six six, so most yeah. people are going to have a, a reach disadvantage there. But he was so much shorter. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure he was 5'10". <laughs> I, I'd have to double-check that, but I, I think mm. he's 5'10". And that's, look, I'm not saying an 8-inch height difference is impossible to overcome. I mean, I remember Roy Nelson, another bad body heavyweight, getting the knockout of... Stefan Struve, and he was what I think 11 and a half inches shorter. Yeah, well, Stefan Struve's a monster. He's he was always so hittable, I never understood that. Even Mark, because he never he, he never developed a jab. Mark Hunt, not all he out. needed to do was figure out how to jab like reliably, and no one would ever touch him. Yeah, it's strange, and he never did. <laughs> Disappointed me. Uh, what could have been, but of course, the judges actually, for all the flack that they took, they actually had a pretty decent night. On most of the other fights, because we had three unanimous decisions where everybody agreed with each other, right? Yep. You don't get that a whole lot. Alex Morano, he got the unanimous 30-27s over Reese McKee in the fight that, what was it? It was McKee that lost his mouthpiece underneath the, the uh, it kind of fell between the cage there. That little, yeah. It was so weird. <laughs> weird things happen on fight night. Uh, yeah. It's a strange sport we have. Uh, Kanako Murata got unanimous 30-27s as well over Random Marcos. Clear nod there, no questions. Corey McKenna, she got 29-28s all around, gave her the first two rounds, and Kay Hansen only got the third unanimously. But actually, this was a fight that, even though I agreed with the judges here, a lot of people saw Hansen winning maybe two or three rounds in this one. Did you? I thought she definitely has a case for round one. I thought she had a better case for round two. Uh, I didn't really watch this one in, in great detail. Sure. I knew we weren't we weren't going to talk about it, but uh, I definitely see a case. I I, I got to go back and rewatch it uh, 
to get a, a fair score. Sure, understood. Yeah, honestly, I defer to the judges here. They all got it right, and it looked pretty good to me. Uh, I I see reason to believe that Hansen could have won either of those two rounds, but you know, I still just didn't go that mm-hmm. way. So I don't have a problem with McKenna getting the win here. Yeah, a lot of missed opportunities, I think, from Hansen was what I saw. But again, I I would defer to the judges, and I think they actually got this one right. So good job, guys. Uh, and then the last one here, we had Sean Strickland getting the first round against Brendan Allen before he TKO'd him in the second round. Yeah, Sean Strickland, two wins in two weeks. Pretty good. He, Especially yeah. over Brendan Allen, because Brendan Allen's tough as nails. He is, he is. This is. I don't I don't know how I would have predicted this. I, I didn't think in depth about who I thought was going to win this fight or not. But Allen had been on quite a roll, and obviously Strickland had just come back after a, a while away, but he has looked fantastic. Yeah, I, mean, I wish he would have talked a bit more trash in there like he did last week, mm-hmm. but uh, it's okay. Maybe next now, time. Obviously, this was Maybe this was one time. of only two finishes that we even had on the card. Yeah. So, so as, you know, favorite finishes, usually, you know, we have a few that we get to choose from. Uh, you were defaulted because of my choice that's, to pick yeah, Strickland, right? that's fine. I mean, they're mm. both good. I mean... When you only get two, you only get to pick one one for your favorite. So hey, why not highlight it? You yeah. know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with this. Strickland did look fantastic, right? Strickland looks great, and even though this was catchweight, I'm still excited to see what uh what kind of damage he can do in the middleweight division. You know, it's so dumb that they call this a catchweight, like it's not some sort of official weight class. 195 pounds has been an official weight class in mixed martial arts for three years. You know, what's called super middleweight. Just call this super middleweight. It doesn't have to be forever. But, like, it's not like they did this at 198.3 pounds. It was 195 pounds. That's a weight class. One day, we'll get real weight classes for every single one that's actually allowed by the rules of mixed martial arts. I want them to kill welterweight and split it into 65 and 75. I don't want 65, 70, 75. That's too much. But I think you can definitely split 65 and 75. I think so, too. I just hope it does. It, it wouldn't bog down the people going for double belts. More often. Oh, that's how I mean, no, I'm doing it. So who cares? Like it's yeah. I I'm okay I'm with st- it, especially because it's going to hopefully make it less necessary for Dana to be like, well, I don't have a main event with a with a title up for grabs. Hey, I've got a few more titles now. I'll just put a real belt on the line instead of a fake one that I'm making up, like the BMF belt or the interim lightweight belt, even though the champion's going to defend in less than a year. See, I think. I know you do not like my rigid schedule, but I think each champion should have to defend three times a year. I hate your rigid schedule. I know you I don't, don't think like it's it. fair. Oh, it's fair. It's very fair. You want to be the champ? No. Act like one. Fight. Defend it. No, nah, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Well, that's tough because I love it. But you know what I did like was my favorite finish. Uh, and you knew I was going to pick this one when it happened, right? Because well, you let us I know. was just talking about it on Friday. Yep. Chaos Williams got just... the knockout in 30 seconds over uh, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. Flattened him. That guy might have been I mean, dead. He didn't really flatten him. He kind of stiffened him up because when he fell down, he was still kind of standing on air. His legs were so stiff that he couldn't actually relax or go he was, limp. He was. It uh, was a scary knockout, and I don't feel bad for him at all. Yeah, he was dead. <laughs> Clinically dead for just a second. But I have no problem with it at all. Chaos Williams, by the way, is a scary individual because he's got this intensity, this cold intensity that I love what he brings to the cage. I can't wait to see more of him. I, I really enjoyed watching his USA debut earlier this year when he knocked out Morono, who looked really good too this weekend, like we said. And Cass Williams now, he's, I mean, I think he's a guy who's going to be in demand. They're going to put him in more fights. Uh, probably, I mean, this was a co-main event. Give him another 
decent slot. Put him on a pay-per-view main card or something like that. Two wins, less than a minute of cage time. I'm very excited for him. And, and Al Hassan, like, I don't like the dude, but he's a good fighter. I don't know much about him. He he, he had been on quite a roll, at least, before uh, his legal troubles. Oh, so but I'm, I'm definitely excited to see more of Chaos Williams. Bring the chaos. This kind of chaos. Not not uh, Colby Chaos Covington. Not a fan. Chaos versus chaos. You know what? I would enjoy that. <laughs> I would enjoy seeing that because I think I think uh, I think my chaos would knock out the other chaos who annoys me. That sounds means we're done for this episode of the Couchside Judges. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back again on Friday when we're going to be looking ahead to UFC 255, right? With the uh, the two flyweight title fights, one male, one female. Yep, we got Davison Figueredo taking on Alex Perez, and we also got Bullet Shevchenko taking on Jennifer Maya. We'll figure out a past judgment, I'm sure, between now and then. Something we can break down. Uh, I don't know if it's going to involve one of the fighters on the card or anything like that. But, I mean, it should be fun either way. Catch you Friday, everybody.